Morning, everyone. So, we're talking about the F word. <laughs> the important F word. <laughs> Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Um, any of you here last week? Oh, it's a shame. Because um, apparently I need to ask for forgiveness. Last week I got up and I talked about us moving to the Methodist Church. Uh, remember, 1045, 5th of January, in the main hall at the Methodist Church. Um, but I kind of over-promised a little bit, apparently. I said there might be bacon rolls, and they're not going to be bacon rolls. At least not the first week. So I need to ask for your forgiveness. <laughs> There will be pastries. We will be doing some sort of breakfast. And who knows, in time there may be bacon rolls. Who knows? So yeah, we're going to think about forgiveness. Botham Jean, Jean was his surname. Botham Jean was a 26-year-old black American. He was born in St. Lucia. He lived in Dallas, in Texas. Known as Bo to his friends and family. He was a university graduate, and he was an accountant. He worked for Price Waterhouse Coopers. He was a dedicated Christian, loved rugby, loved singing as well, sang in the local choir at his church. On the night of 6th of September, 2018, he was alone in his apartment in Dallas. He was watching TV, and he was eating ice cream. 30-year-old white off-duty police officer, Dallas police officer, Amber Geiger, entered his unlocked apartment. Apparently, she mistook it for her own apartment, which was on a different floor of the same block. Botham Jean was unarmed, but he was shot twice through the heart. He died of his injuries just a few days before his 27th birthday. Amber Geiger was arrested, initially charged only with manslaughter. That charge was later increased to murder after protests and accusations of racial bias. On the 1st of October this year, Amber Geiger was found guilty of murder. She was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Outside the court, there was uproar. Uproar and outrage that the sentence was not longer. And there were further suggestions of racial bias. Inside the courtroom, Botham Jean's younger brother, Brant Jean, was offered an opportunity to give a witness impact statement. And I want to show you the video of his statement. Wow. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. After sentencing, the judge, judge herself spoke to Amber Geiger. She went into her office and got a copy of the Bible, gave it to Amber Geiger, and hugged her. Blessed are the peacemakers. They will be called children of God. It's incredible, isn't it? It's impossible not to be moved by that. 
hugging the woman that had killed his elder brother, forgiving her. Incredible act of love, incredible courage as well to do that. Utterly beautiful, really, when you look at that. It's just beautiful. But you could see how much it cost Brandt as well, couldn't you? It was not an easy thing for him to do. It cost him a lot. It was emotional. And you know, you, you hear occasional stories like this, and you see occasional videos like this, which are so moving. But the reason they're so moving is because this is not the way of the world, is it? It's not the way of the world. How many times do we watch on TV about somebody that has been sentenced and they interview relatives or victims afterwards and they say, well, yeah, I'm so pleased that finally we got justice. Or maybe they say, well, they've been locked up, but it should have been for so much longer. Look what they did to me. Look what they did to my relative. It should have been so much more than this. And that's understandable because those emotions come out of hurt and anger and bitterness. But this, this is something entirely different, isn't it? This forgiveness that Jesus says should be the core feature of his kingdom. This should be the, the flavor of the kingdom of God, forgiveness. This upside down, topsy-turvy kingdom of God, which is not the way of the world. And Jesus calls us to follow this and for this to be a characteristic of us. One of the famous passages about forgiveness is in Matthew chapter 18. And you can go and uh, read this back home afterwards maybe. But this is uh, the end of the chapter and Jesus has been teaching his disciples a lot about kingdom life, what it means to, to be a disciple, what it means to be part of his kingdom. And then Peter asks him about forgiveness and he says, Jesus, you know, if somebody sins against me, how, how often do I need to forgive them? Seven times? Would that be enough? And Jesus says, oh, Peter. <laughs> Peter, you don't get it, do you? Not seven times. Seventy-seven times. And then Jesus tells this parable. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him four million billion, sorry, four billion pounds. It doesn't actually say that. Um, says something about talents and denarii in the Greek. But I, I've, I've done the maths for you, okay? And what it meant was a man owed him four billion pounds. Just an extraordinary amount of money. This man owed him four billion pounds. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had should be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees. Please be patient, he said. I'll pay back everything. 
And the servant's master had compassion on him. He cancelled the debt. Four billion pounds cancelled. And he let him go. And when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 50 pounds. He grabbed him, began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, be patient with me, I will pay it back. He refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. They went and told their master everything that had happened. The master called in the servant, you wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours, all that four billion pounds, because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all he owed. And Jesus says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. A couple of things. What was Jesus saying here? got to forgive 77 times so we can count up or count down you know if it gets to the 75th 76th time oh great I only have to forgive them one more time and then we can have our retribution there's only one other time in the Bible apparently when 7 and 77 times are used together I won't go into the details for you. You can read it for yourself. It's in Genesis chapter 4. It's, it's about a guy called Lamech. And Lamech was uh, the kind of archetypal guy who wanted vengeance. There was a young man who wounded him. doesn't say what was done, but probably only a scratch. Nothing much more than that. And Lamech wanted vengeance. Not seven times, but 77 times. And he went out and killed him. And he said, I have avenged myself 77 times. That would have been in the mind of the people, the disciples, as they heard Jesus talking about this seven and 77 times. As much as Lamech wanted vengeance, and complete and utter vengeance for a small wound, Jesus says, you've got to have that same attitude with forgiveness. You keep on giving and giving with forgiveness. And Jesus said it's got to be from the heart. And when we think about anything from the heart, we think probably first about emotions, right? Getting our emotions. When the Bible speaks about the heart, the Bible doesn't differentiate between the mind and the heart, the brain and the heart. So when Jesus talks about forgiving from the heart, it's as much a choice as it is an emotion. And that's a really important point. It's not just about getting the emotion, it's about making a choice. And then Jesus clearly is talking about the principle of forgiveness. What 
What have we received in terms of forgiveness? And what should we be doing as a result of that? When we talk about forgiveness and when we talk about what God expects of us, I think it's really important that we understand what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't. There's a good old phrase, forgive and forget. Jesus does not ask us to forget. Forgiveness is not forgetting what has been done to us. Forgiveness is not necessarily reconciliation either. There are times when we are called to be reconciled with brothers and sisters. And if you read through Matthew chapter 18, you'll see examples of that and Jesus teaching about that. There are times when people do wrong to others, do wrong to us, and we need to try and be reconciled to them as well as forgive them. But forgiveness is not necessarily anything to do with reconciliation. Forgiveness is not tolerating or excusing what somebody else has done to us. Forgiveness is not being a doormat. It's not necessarily allowing them to continue to hurt us. Some people, for example, could be in an uh, abusive relationship with a partner. Mental abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse. God might call us to forgive, but he does not call us to remain in a situation of danger. It's not being a doormat. It's not allowing the same thing to happen time and time again. And it's not ignoring what has happened. Forgiveness is not ignoring what has happened. There'll still be pain. We may still long for some sort of justice. Forgiveness is... A conscious choice, though. It's a conscious choice that may in time become a feeling. Tim Keller says forgiveness must usually be granted before it's felt. And it may never be felt in some situations. We may choose to forgive somebody and we may never get to the point where emotionally we feel really good about that. Forgiveness is us choosing to release the debt a person owes you for the wrong that they've done. We choose to release that debt. We don't hold them for that. We don't hold that against them. It's a choice to release the debt and to leave it with God. Unforgiveness traps us in a cycle. It makes us bitter, it makes us irrational, it keeps us trapped by the person that's done something wrong to us. Forgiveness releases us as much as it releases the person that we're forgiving. It's a quote from Marianne Williamson. Forgiveness is not always easy. At times it feels more painful than the wound we suffered to forgive the one that inflicted it. And yet there is no peace without forgiveness.
Jesus was absolutely clear why we must forgive. We need to remember that each one of us is broken in more ways than we can possibly imagine. We are part of this web of humanity and creation that has become flawed and broken. Look, look at what we have done to God's world. Look at what we have done to God's creation. Look at what we do to each other on a daily basis. And we're all connected. We are all responsible. We often want to create a little bit of high ground, a little bit of bitterness, a little bit of resentment, a little bit of unforgiveness. We want to exact our revenge and our justice and our retribution. It's true for all of us. What happens when you're driving along and somebody cuts you up? What's your initial reaction? What happens when somebody makes a false accusation against you? What happens when somebody says something that is hurtful to you? And Jesus steps right in and he says, forgive, forgive, forgive. This is the way things are in my kingdom. We need to humble ourselves. We need to acknowledge that we are all a mix of good and evil. We all need forgiveness. We need to see humanity in others and we need to see the failures in us. We need to understand and know and experience deep within what God has done for each one of us. I, I could... If you'd never tasted honey before, I could try and describe what honey is like. I could tell you how sweet it is. I could tell you something about the flavor, what it's like to eat honey. But you wouldn't know what it was like until you tasted it yourself, right? Feel the release and forgiveness in the arms of our Savior until we experience that, we don't know what true forgiveness is. On the cross, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Every other time, when Jesus called out to God, he called him Father, or Abba, Papa, Dad. One time on the cross, he cries out, my God, my God. The one person who led a completely blameless life, who was pure, who was perfect. The one person who deserved complete unity with God, relationship of love, never ending. That one person is the only person that God ultimately turns his back on.
and Jesus is left with God his Father turning his back on him and he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he did that for you and for me. This is my blood for the, goodness, for, for the forgiveness of sins. That's the price that was paid for us. And in comparison to that price, what a small thing God asks us to do to others. I think it's important too that we realize there is a difference between God's forgiveness for us and the forgiveness he asks us to give other people. From Isaiah, God says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. When we forgive, God asks us to cancel the debt, to release the debt that somebody else owes us. Not to alter what's done, not necessarily anything to do with justice, but God's forgiveness goes way beyond that. He doesn't just cancel the debt. He pays the debt for us. He pays the debt for us. Jesus died for us to release us from sin. Completely removed, along with all the consequences. The cost is paid. But the cost for God was huge. Death of Jesus. So God, in his incredible love and mercy, sent Jesus to absorb into himself all the sin, all the darkness, all the ruin, all the decay, all the brokenness, all the hatred, everything bad in this world, everything that's gone wrong in creation was laid on Jesus at the cross. We don't have to live in the hell that we have created because Jesus took it on the cross. And through his resurrection, he started the process of complete restoration. If we recognize the enormity of God's mercy, it would be so much easier for us to forgive others. In the shadow of my hurt, forgiveness can feel like a decision to reward my enemy. But in the shadow of the cross, forgiveness is merely a gift from one undeserving soul to another. And that's the perspective. That's the perspective that Jesus wants us to have. He welcomes us into his kingdom. And he tells us that he wants us to adopt his upside down, his topsy-turvy kingdom, his values of love and of mercy. Jesus talks so much about forgiveness. And it's interesting, most of the time when he talks about our need to forgive others, it's linked to God forgiving us. It's so important, such a vital part of it. Luke chapter 6, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. 
the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. These two things are intimately linked. If we can't forgive, we're not part of the kingdom of God. He calls us to forgive. Forgiveness is simply not optional. It's not optional for us. It's not easy, but it's not optional. It's a way of life for you and for me. And Jesus says, this is a choice. You may not feel like it, you may not want to do it, but this is a choice. And I'm here to help. Remember. Remember what you have received. Remember the cost of what you have received. And go and forgive others. On June the 17th, 2015, Dylan Roof was a 21-year-old white man and he was welcomed at a prayer meeting at Emmanuel African Episcopal Church in Charleston in South Carolina. They were having a prayer meeting and he came along and they welcomed him in. During the meeting, he pulled out a gun he shot dead nine black people, including the pastor of the church. Later, he claimed that he wanted to start a race war. On December the 15th, 2016, Dylan Roof was convicted of those murders. Relatives of the victims were given the opportunity to address Dylan in court. One by one, they got up, each one expressing their grief over the loss of a loved one. But each one also offering him forgiveness. Each one saying they were praying for him. One of the victims was called the Payne Middleton Doctor. Her sister got up and she said this, we are the family that love built. We have no room for hating. We have to forgive you. I pray God has mercy on your soul. Those words echo the words of Jesus, don't they? We, we are the family that love has built, right? We have no room for hate. We have to forgive. We have to forgive. This is God's kingdom. This is God's way. Whether it's big or small, all of us have Small things, relatively small things that we have to forgive others for. Some of us have suffered huge hurt at the hands of others. Jesus says, remember what my Father has done. Remember this is a broken world. I came to heal it. 
forgive, love, release the debt as my Father forgives you. We'll take just a few minutes of quietness where each of us maybe can just come before God. Maybe we need to come again to the foot of the cross to confess the things that we've done wrong, the things that we should have done but haven't, to confess our brokenness, to confess our need for forgiveness and to acknowledge again and realize again the huge price that was paid for us, not just for forgiveness, but for Father God to look at us and say, my beloved child, you are a brother and a sister of Jesus. He's a faithful, merciful God. He longs to forgive us right here, right now. And we want to claim and receive that forgiveness. And Father, in obedience and in trust, as an act of our will, regardless of our feelings, we want to choose your kingdom values. We want to choose to forgive and release anyone, anyone that has wronged us. Father, in this time, in this space right now, will you bring to mind anyone that we need to forgive? And would you help us, give us the courage to make that step, to forgive and release them? to set ourselves free to receive your healing. Father, with your help, we will no longer, no longer dwell on those situations that caused hurt. We will no longer continue to talk about it. Father, thank you. Thank you for forgiving us as we forgive others. Father, thank you. Thank you for the debt that was paid. Thank you for the release and the freedom that we find in Christ. Christ. 